You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum. Program Reflections liye hue aapka host Zubair Akram aapki khidmat mein hazir. Karam Tajdar Haram. myself zubair akram and my guest sheikh ridwan muhammad assalamu alaikum sheikh alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh religion as as a general um theme of of speech and discussion and and um interaction from the public sphere has disappeared you know this i know this everybody um knows this but that is as much to do with the practitioners of our of religion as much as it is to do with the fact that people who are not religious mm-hmm. um seem to have filled a void so the more that we fail in 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 representing the prophets and and and, and remember muhammad ali we were talking about yeah. i was speaking to somebody a couple, um, couple of days ago before he passed away actually about muhammad ali um, because he was admitted to to hospital yeah. and one of the things i was saying was that muhammad ali one of the things that you have to um you know give him credit for the very least you give him credit for is the fact that he represented the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the most perfect way you would expect that person to do from that background with that kind of you know social political um you know you know kind of context that he was living in and the powers that he had which is physical as well as mental um he represented the faith of the prophet ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam in a way that very few people are able to do and and in fact what he did show is that every single person can represent the prophet ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam in their teachings every man and woman that is listening can do that but what we do is we restrict ourselves in our ability to do that we don't put enough faith in ourselves mm. because we don't put faith in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because putting faith in yourself if it wasn't for allah you would have no faith and this is why muhammad ali one of his quotes is that when he found allah then there was then there's no power or or, or um, strength that could be taken away from me except that it came from god now that is something in ramadan that we actually have to focus on and reflect mm-hmm. upon because mm-hmm. ramadan is the time when you're forced is as if you're 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 is an enforced hunger an enforced reflective state that we're replacing as a community and i'm talking about the glasgow community and mm-hmm. and the wider community that as muslims we are replacing this stage of reflection and then we have to answer the the, the question of the quran fa aina tadhhabun where are you going mm-hmm. what is the direction you're going as a human being as a husband or a wife or as a, a counselor mp or as a shopkeeper as a teacher the, the path we're on what is the path you're on is not even what path are you on it's actually the quran is very optimistic it's saying where then are you going in the future it's not saying what did you do in the past or what did you what's the sins that you committed in the past or name all the people that you wronged in the past it's in the quran doesn't say that it's waking you up and saying okay let bygones be bygones and let's move forward um and let's see what you can do and reach your full human potential mm. because this is one of the things that the quran constantly focuses upon it is the fact that we are human beings and our our source origin is 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 lowly hal ata ala al insanihin min al dahri lam yakun shay'in madhkura has not come upon the human being a period of time when he was something not worthy of being mentioned now that is the situation and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes that person from a clot of flesh fajalnahu samian basira and we and then we endowed that person with the quality of hearing and seeing hearing meaning hearing the truth 
seeing, seeing the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, I was teaching, um, it's about two, two months ago, I was teaching um, a, a, a group of students. We were talking about the proofs for the existence of God. And we were talking about the, a couple of proofs, the cosmological proof, which is the proof that God exists based upon the fact that the world ha- must have a beginning. And before that, we were, after that, we were talking about a proof, which is the teleological proof, which is, you know, the, the famous um, the watchmaker. Mm-hmm. So you find a watch on, on, on the seashore and you pass by it. You don't think it came by chance. And when I was teaching class, I, I had a glass in front of me of water and I picked it up and I said, who can prove that God exists by looking at this glass of water? Mm-hmm. And nobody, well, nobody, nobody, I was, no, one, no one gave an answer. And I said, Muhammad Ali produced two proofs. In fact, he has an interview in which he picked up a glass of water and he's speaking to a massive audience. It was like a stadium of people interview. And he picked up and says, look at this glass of water. And within 30 seconds, he proved that God existed. Mm-hmm. And so in, in my exam for that, that, that um, topic, one of the questions was, um, prove that God exists from a hot cup of coffee on, on the table. So that was 25 marks. Prove that God exists. And Muhammad Ali, one of the things about Muhammad Ali that he was endowed with, he was, he was strong, but he was also very intelligent. And he would have answered that question. Mm-hmm. And one of the things people always mention about him is that he didn't have an education. Yeah. At the age of 12, he's, he's met with this policeman. The famous story of him um, starting boxing is that he, somebody steals his, his bike and he's angry and he wants to have retribution. And, and, the, and the policeman he approaches says, why, why don't you do something else? Can you box? takes him to a boxing ring and he allows him to reach his potential and think of that person that policeman in 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 the in the history of um, the civil rights movement that person is insignificant but he produced this amazing person Muhammad Ali he was the ignite igniting spark for Muhammad Ali's life because he wasn't there at that time he would have been just another black afro-american who wasted his life away under this very draconian system they have in America where the racism is entrenched and institutionalized. But what you find is that when he realizes potential as a human being, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to him, as he said to Fir'aun and as he said to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, la ta'khafa inni ma'akuma asma wa ara. That if you, it's, it's like the, you know, the Muhammad um, Iqbal, his poem, Ki Muhammad se wafatuni tu ham if you have been true to Muhammad, then we are, your, we are yours. Meaning God is on your side. Yeah, what is this universe? The, 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 the law, which is the tablet, and the pen will be with you. In other words, the strength of the, the tablet and the pen will be with you as a human being. When? You will write your faith. If you put yourself under the shade of the Prophet And that's what we find throughout history. And in, in, in Muhammad Ali will be, will be buried at the end of this week. And you will see... And people reflecting over the fact that the, the greatest icon in American popular culture, the one that can bring people together like nobody else could have brought them, at the end of the day, what informed his character was the Prophet wasallam. And in, what's interesting for, for myself is that what he had of, of, of character and generosity is not even like a drop in the ocean of what we understand when we talk about the Prophet wasallam with his enemies, with his friends, with his family, with his you know, trades mer- merchants that he traded with with every single person that he came in contact with, he excelled in the human um, endeavor to be as human as he could. And, you know, Muhammad Ali was a testimony to the fact that you can do that. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his own life, he had uh, his own journey, which was that he was, you know, he described himself as being the, the greatest and he was 
you know so can we say that ramadan is one of those uh, reflective months where we ponder upon our path our journeys yeah you look i mean it's interesting because every every ramadan you remember the, the previous ramadan and you and you remember how you mm-hmm. I mean, i'm remembering last ramadan i came by bike i cycled you did and this this year, I, i i'm struggling walking 20 meters and that's thinking um, there's there's a lesson there somewhere of human fragility and for muhammad ali looking back 30 years of his life was under the, the the shadow of parkinson's disease but to be to be honest as a human being that was sent by allah to him and he himself said it to show him that allah is the greatest hmm. but for us to see that a person who was so vibrant and 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 full of strength and full of energy and quick witted all of a sudden reduced to something who's under the command of god there's a wisdom there that we have to reflect upon and everybody has different levels of of trials and tribulations and difficulties hmm. you know everybody you speak to that on the and, and the interesting is on the outside everybody seems to have a perfect life so many people especially hmm. in the age of of social media social where media, you can yeah. crop and edit your your you know everything about your your life yeah yep. you can take the picture and you can actually I don't know what you do you actually <laughs> what do you do you kind of lens it for some kind of yeah, lens over it or something yeah, so the person looking outside will be envious of you because you have the most perfect life yeah. you from the inside know that your life is actually um you know not of the same quality as it, as it, as it should be and and that is something everybody has to reflect upon ramadan is for you because hmm. allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith qudsi ana indi dhanni 'abdi bi i am as my servant thinks i am and let him think whatever he wills about about me and that, that in fact is nobody can share with you in that you have to decide what is it that you want to present towards god in terms of your contribution to this ummah everybody has a contribution and we look at great people they have great contributions but at the end of the day you know um, the simplest thing can make the greatest contribution and that's from through my life that's one thing you do understand about meeting different people and what made them come back to allah sometimes it's somebody that didn't even know they brought them back to god they brought them back to god mm. you know smiling in somebody's face at the right time could stop them committing suicide could actually get them to a point of asking you are you a muslim i want to talk about islam mm. and that person could be um the means by which millions are brought into islam mm. and in fact when i'm thinking about it um there's a camp, camp david agreement which was signed between israel and egypt mm-hmm. after that um the the president of egypt sent um i think it was um sheikh um abd halim um from azhar who's a great great scholar he was sent to america and he gave a lecture and one of my friends actually approached him and said i've just become a muslim he's a, he's a new muslim so he said i've just become a muslim and here's three others mm-hmm. and the, he, the sheikh said abd sheikh abd halim rahmatullah alayhi he said only three why not 300 mm-hmm. but it's interesting the person who tells the story says that the th- out of the three people one of them was sheikh hamza yusuf who became sheikh hamza yusuf mm-hmm. and he said if only i could tell him this person one person was worth more than 300 so what you do in never underestimate the power of a small thing that you do or even one individual that you yeah. you in, you meet as last year we discussed that meeting people is part of your risk mm. when allah puts people in in your path mm. people when you meet various people different people mm. in your in your life that's your sustenance mm. who you meet and what they do to change your life to change your path 
to to take a path which is slightly different from where mm. you are mm. is part of your risk yeah because that, that develops the most important part of you which is your soul because risk we always think of ramadan is the opposite mm. because risk we think eat you know i'm thinking muhammad ali he had among my first memories of muhammad ali was he did a tv commercial about for um beef burgers so no you know <laughs> So that's my first experience of him because he, 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 I mean, I didn't watch any of his fights live. Um, but all I think of is food. But think of it Ramadan is about taking out food, which mm-hmm. is reducing risk, which is what everyone thinks risk is, which is to eat. Okay, if you ask somebody yeah, what risk yeah. is, it's your food yeah. or it's your money. The most you'll get is money. Yeah. But in fact, risk is of different types. Depending on what, what shades you use, which, which glasses you're wearing. The risk can either be look. You can either focus on your body and say, "I need protein. I need, mm. you know, high protein drinks, etc., etc." Or you can say, "I need high, um, high protein spiritual en- enrichment." And Ramadan is saying that the more you cut out, cut of this, you increase in that. And that's why Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu anhu said, nafsi fadailaha." He said, "You should take care and nurture your soul and develop its." It's good qualities. It's almost like you know bodybuilders. They mm. they work on their body and they make sure that every single part of their body is, is functioning as it should. The soul is exactly the same. And he's basically saying, the risk is something you eat, but risk more importantly is something that you nourish your soul with. And in fact, the more you decrease of one, you increase in the other. Mm. And that's that's the nature of our existence is that we cannot do without food. Mm. That's part of teaching us that we are humans and Allah is Allah. Allah is the Creator and we are the created. And he said, Because your human nature is through your, your nafs, your mm. soul, not by your jism. The jism, mm. think of it, when, you, when Muhammad Ali is buried, they will put him in six feet down, and they will cover it up, and they will leave. Mm. And what will remain is his memories. And Allah takes the soul. The soul is the purest thing. Because if the, if the thing that was um, you know, worth something was the body, then people would preserve the body. Yep. That's why the, the, the pharaohs, what did they do? They tried to preserve the body and they tried to fill their, their tombs with you know, artifacts and food and drink because mm. they thought that was the body needed nourished. But the more that religion has developed and revelation has, has come to the point that it came to the revelation of the Quran, we understand that it's the complete opposite. The body will, will completely decay within, within the grave and the only function it has is to prove the power of God of bringing back Mm-hmm. And we will mm-hmm. bring back even their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Not because there's yeah. any power. What we're going to discuss uh, mm. is Tajdari Haram. Yes, well, I think Salah. we did discuss that. We discuss um, or t- touch up on some of the qualities of Prophet um, that are so important to, to inculcate within ourselves and also to the wider community. Um, so if you understand who Muhammad is, um, every great person that has, that has caught our attention. It is nothing but a, a drop in the ocean of, of the Prophet's um, character. And the Prophet is nothing at all c- compared to the, the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he indicates that there is a creator and he can create a human being in such a form that he is so focused on going to Allah and reaching Allah and, and traveling to Allah and answering that question of Aina Tadhabun that he is going um, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Flee to God. He, the Prophet, was the most perfect example of a person who flew, flew, was flying to God and, and 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 running to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That if we catch on to his his cloak when he's making that journey to Allah, 
then we we are destined to follow in the footsteps of the Prophet Sallallahu A person who who you know his humility was such that the humbleness of Muhammad Ali when we talk about it, people mm. always mention it. Mm. That he would talk to anybody who'd who'd listen, regardless of how they dressed, how they were, whether society looked up to them or not. That is from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's minuscule quality that is perfected in the Prophet Ali Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he would always walk behind his companions. And he would in a in a large group he would never take the, the, the front of the group. He would always stand behind like a shepherd. The shepherd one of the qualities of shepherds is that when they're going to the grazing ground, they're they're leading, because they're they're finding the pasture and they're they're making sure everything's safe, and that is the quality of the Prophet Ali was in battle. The definition of of courage that the companions gave when they were asked about who's what is courage, they said the Prophet is courage. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever he is, that is the the most courageous place to be in a battlefield, and that means at the front. But when the when when you know when when a, when a shepherd comes back from the grazing in the evening, mm-hmm. the shepherd always goes to the back, mm. because he's he's looking to protect the sheep who are now slow because they've eaten, and they they may be attacked by wolves or or you know any other predatory animals, so he takes care of them. And the Prophet was exactly like that, and when he used to walk, he used to walk behind his companions, and in the hadith of Imam Bayhaqi he says, leave. My, but but the, the area behind me empty for the angels to walk because um, it's interesting that that meant the Prophet was protected by Allah, but it also meant that the moment that he was a servant and at the service of his community, then the angels and every single thing that Allah has created was at his service. Mm. That is that is exactly why the Prophet is so so important for us to to ponder over in Ramadan. Because his his life was the Quran. Aisha radiallahu anhu said, Quran." His his etiquette was the Quran. He was he was embodying the Quranic message to the point that Abdullah Nurawaha radiallahu anhu, who was martyred during the life of the Prophet he says in one of his poets, he he poet, poet, lines of poetry recited in front of the Prophet He said, um, "Lulamtakun Telling the people that even if the revelation had not been revealed, mm-hmm. the sight of him would have given you the message. Now that means that, you know, when we talk about um, you know modernized modern modern technology and the Quran, we have to we have to sit down, we have to read. But for an illiterate people to to be presented with a person who embodied the Quran was da'wah itself. Mm-hmm. Now, because one of the, one of the things of understanding, you have to be literate, you have to be able to read, or you have to be able to hear, understand. But even for people that were unable to understand arguments, or he was the embodiment of that Quran. He was a, he was a messenger perfected for the final message, because the Quran is revealed in, in, in Ramadan because it's the final message, and this is why we're fasting. We're marking. The, the revelation of the final final revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to humankind, all of humankind. Mm. But we also mark it because it was it was placed upon the heart, upon the Prophet Ali Wasallam, who was created to be able to withstand um, the power and and the, and, and the weight of the Quranic message, in mm. that indeed, O Messenger of God, we will after 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 a few moments descend upon you the most weighty message. Mm. The weighty message was that your character is more important than wealth, is more important than gaining worldly privilege and, and prestige. What's important is to be just. And in fact, even in America, in in the, in, in the Supreme Court, they have the verse of the Quran, mm. which which you know which talks about, um, oh believers, testify 
um, towards the truth, even if it's against yourselves or your or your or your families. Mm-hmm. Now that is the very epitome of justice that you talk the truth, even if it's against your own selves or against your own families or against your own nations. That's the building block of human civilization and the human project that we find today. So every development in human society is, um, you know, I was listening to a lecture a couple of weeks ago about European law as well. Mm. When Napoleon conquered um, Egypt, one of the things they learned was actually legal systems and legal structures. Mm. And that's based upon that. They took it back to Europe. And that's, European civilization is based upon the rule of law. So there are certain points where they will be taken to task by the legal systems. And where is that from? From Muslim countries. Where is that from? From the teachings of Prophet Ali Sallallahu Think of Umar in popular European culture. Umar radiallahu is, is referred to as, as Umar the just. Mm-hmm. So if you read, you know, before the kind of, you know, the, the Iranian revolution and all the kind of terrorism issues that, you know, have, have, have scorched the image of Islam, our faith was known to be, you know, a, a, an upright faith and mm-hmm. our, our people like Salahuddin Ayyubi was understood to be courageous and generous and Umar radiallahu anh, was considered and known to be the just mm-hmm. and Ali radiallahu anh, was known to be the courageous. All these things were known by most people in society, even if they attacked Islam, they would always have to recognize that even Thomas Carlyle, he, he wrote uh, Heroes and Hero Worship, he mentioned the Prophet as, as the most perfect epitome of a prophet. Mm-hmm. Because you, there's no other way that you could create a more per- perfect person as a, as a prophet um, than the Prophet because he embodied every single thing, inward, outward, spiritual, worldly, perfection in, in, in its most perfect form. Prophet um, is going to be the main theme of uh, our programs, inshallah. Uh, Sheikh, people, some, some people take exception that are these names, when you say names, as stated in Quran, that 99 names are there, and there are names of Prophet mm. in the book itself? I mean, there's no concept of, of 99 names of the Prophet. So okay. the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are related to Imam Tirmidhi's collection, Lillahi Tis'a Isman, Allah has 99 names. Mm, mm. Whoever recollects them or memorizes them, different narrations, will enter paradise. That concept of 99 names for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not restricted to 99. So there's much more than 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with regards to the Prophet, وسلم, the final, I believe the final hadith of Imam Malik's Muwatta is actually on the names of the Prophet. وسلم. So okay. um, the Prophet mentions the names that he, in one hadith he mentions, which you'll look at. Which indicates the Prophet did recognize himself as having specific names. Mm, mm. So he is Muhammad, he is Ahmad, he is Al-Mahi. Mm-hmm. So he is the one through which Allah will efface um, you know, disbelief in Allah and, and God. And these are names that were mentioned by the Prophet as being his names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have sent you as a shahid, mubashir, and nadir. These are all names of the Prophet. These are Quranic names. Uh, the Prophet is mentioned as being, as, as being merciful and compassionate towards the believers. These are all descriptions of the Prophet. And what it helps to do when you talk about the names of the Prophet, is they're descriptions basically. They're awsaf. Mm-hmm. They're like you have books attributes. on. on yeah, you have books on Shama'il, which are the attributes of the Prophet, which all they're doing is mentioning who the Prophet is, how to recognize the Prophet. Mm-hmm. And this goes all the way back to the time of the, the companions. Uh, one of the one of the the earliest genre of literature in Islamic um, sciences was the literature of describing the Prophet. Mm-hmm. 
So the hadith, one of the main contents of the hadith was to describe the Prophet after he passed away. So what was he like? What was his face like? What was his blessed eyebrows like? What was his blessed beard like? What was his chest like? What was the description of the Khatim and Nabuwa, which is this, this seal of prophecy which is upon the Prophet's back uh, towards the left side of his, uh, his blessed uh, shoulder blade. Those were descriptions because they wanted to know who they were. And even Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu asked people that were older than him, tell me something about the Prophet that I can memorize or I can keep for myself. Mm. And these are names, the descriptions. And what they do is they allow you to picture who he was. Because if you, do not, if you do not know who he is, you will not be able to understand the Quranic text. That's almost... I've come to a complete conclusion on that all mm. through my studies, that if you don't understand the Prophet ﷺ, you will be misled in your understanding of the Quran. Sheikh, there is this thing of understanding the Prophet ﷺ um, intellectually, mm-hmm. and there is this thing of recognizing him through your emotions, through your feelings, mm-hmm. through your uh, love for him mm-hmm. uh, as part of your iman, part mm-hmm. of your belief. Mm-hmm. Um, what aspects will we be covering in terms of names of Prophet See, I think what, what you're mentioning is interesting in terms of understanding who he was intellectually, like mm-hmm. perceiving who that the person was, the Prophet was, and then the emotional attachment to the Prophet One comes after the other. When you understand and perceive, mm. uh, that's why in, in, in logic they say, الحكم على شيفر عن تصوره to talk about something and to say something is such and such. Mm-hmm. Correct or false, beautiful or not beautiful. Mm. You have to understand it completely. Mm. So if I say, was the biryani beautiful mm. or tasty? You will say, which biryani? Was mm. it the one my mother made or, yeah. you understand, or yeah, mother-in-law yeah. or aunt? or yeah. You know, it depends on which thing you're talking about. So when you're talking to the Prophet you have to understand who he was. So what they would do is they, the companions from time, the, the companions, they would collect and sit and describe the Prophet even during the life of the Prophet they would sit in this hadith in Imam Tirmidhi's collection when the Prophet passes by, it's a Sahih hadith as well, he passes by some companions and the Prophet said, what are you doing? And they said, we were recollecting Allah's blessing upon you by sending you to us. And it was mm-hmm. just the fact that they were talking, and the Prophet is not there, they're talking what a blessing it was that God sent Muhammad to them. And there was, imagine what they okay. would say, I was in this state, I was doing this and I was doing that and my family was in this state and then this, Allah sent them the Prophet and they would say, what was he, what did he do? Mm-hmm. He was kind, compassionate, just, etc, uh, etc. Et what were they doing? They were describing the Prophet and they were going from, jumping from the intellectual understanding of what he did for them to the gratitude that they owed God emotionally for him having been sent. And this mm-hmm. is why one of the things in, in hadith you always find almost like punctuation marks in the hadith is Fida ummi wa abik ya Rasulullah. May my mother and father be, be ransom for you or sacrifice for your sake. Why? Because intellectually they understood what he'd brought and they felt it, but now this, the, 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 the way they could express it was that the most dearest things that we have, which are our parents, mm. may they be sacrificed for you because they're nothing compared to you. And in human civilization, that's almost impossible. You can't even pay people billions of pounds to make that statement. And the, and the mm. Prophet did it through force of character. And why it's important to understand this force of character is that because you have to take some of this on. And this is why I started with talking about Muhammad Ali. He took some small section of what the Prophet had and he made it his own. And from that, look what people, how people speak about him. And everybody should make it their, their, their path that they look at some aspects of the Prophet and make it their own, try and excel in that. 
on, so it's on almost like aspects. it's almost as if this is the be, the, the bequest and the inheritance you've received from the Prophet because Abu Hurairah went into the marketplace after the death of the Prophet and he shouted out to people, look, the, the bequest and the inheritance of the Prophet is being distributed in the mosque. Quick, run, go to the mosque. And everyone ran to the mosque and they found people sitting, studying hadith, studying Quran. And they said, what are you talking about? There's no money here. Hmm. And he says, there's no money, but this is what the Prophet left. Prophets don't leave behind wealth, gold and silver, but they leave behind knowledge whoever takes is taking the best portion and that's in fact for ourselves you know 1400 over 1400 years later that's the same it's the same um, advice that we can give people that the more you know your prophet the more you'll be clear about your what your faith is especially in the, in, the, in this day and age where our faith is being um, cut away at from both sides of extremes from extreme you know mm-hmm. extreme kind of Adherence to it To the point that you leave it mm-hmm. To extreme Cutting away of its basic foundations To the point that you're told To deny everything about your prophet And your religion And your faith And your and your law And the only way that's clarified From my whole experience And the experience of our teachers Is that you have to If you understand the prophet Everything becomes clear And this is one of the, one of the ways I always think If I'm confused about something I, I always think what would the Prophet do in this situation? If he was brought in in this situation, what would he do? And that really clarifies so many things for me personally. Right mm-hmm. away, it just, it's as if so many clouds around. And then once you ask that question, you're and, you, you, you've, you've, and you've, got the, you've got your answer. That's in social and personal life. Both. Every single thing, any difficult political, you know, public, private, what would the Prophet do? Okay. And usually it's something that you don't want to do. You, you know that the Prophet would do that So are you following the Prophet or not You are, okay Are you yeah. a hypocrite or not I don't want to be a hypocrite Okay, are you going to follow or not Yes, you better follow Otherwise you'll be a hypocrite Or you will lead yourself down to a situation Where you know that smoking is bad for you Drinking is bad for you You know, all these things are bad for you But you're doing it and you know they're bad for you And you will live your life in that state mm-hmm. Or you will know, okay, I'm going to get rid of all this Because it's not good for me And spiritually that's what, you know, clarifies uh, things for us And that is You know Something that you cannot uh, Underestimate Because the Prophet Was for all times He was the final Prophet Shawli Dihlawi Talks about the Prophets Being sent to specific people Because they had specific Characteristics in their society The Prophet was sent To society When it was becoming literate mm. In other words It was time to starting to Discuss Debate Talk uh, Argue Think mm-hmm. In deeper ways Than ever done before and he was a prophet of thought. He was a prophet of um, you know, intellectual uh, inquiry. Mm-hmm. Which is why when you place him in a situation, everything becomes very clear. All the clouds that, that confuse you disappear and all of a sudden you're left with a very clear um, way forward. And in our time, when we're, we're cut from both sides, mm-hmm. Muslims are cornered. And especially in Glasgow, the last year has been quite a difficult year yep. for the community. And uh, inshallah, Allah give it strength. Um, that is something that will clarify Inshallah. our direction into the future. Inshallah. But obviously, yeah, you have to describe um, before you say Shahid, which is a witness, Mubashir, which is one that gives good glad tidings, Nadir, which is the one that warns. You have to know these are descriptions of a person. Mm. So, one of the things about the Prophet is that the, the, you have to start from the most essential name of his, which is Muhammad. Muhammad. You understand? So, you're saying Muhammad is. And then Shahid. you complete you 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 complete the 
most perfect qualities that human beings can have. So you can mention anything about the Prophet which is a, a, a perfection in human beings, and he has it. Ali salatu And that is, in fact, you will, you will, every single person can try and do this. Look for a human perfection that is recognized as a perfection, and, and, you, and, 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 and I, I guarantee you it will be within the Prophet Now you think of any other person that you can think of, they will not have that. And this includes prophets. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, including prophets that have been described, you will not find them having the complete balance of all the qualities. You'll find them having some qualities and lacking certain qualities. Mm. With the Prophet you have this amazing, you know, in terms of beauty, but even majesty. Because beauty is one thing to be, you know, Muhammad Ali used to talk about the fact he's pretty and he's beautiful. Mm. But the Prophet was, was given such beauty but it was cloaked, and this is what scholars talk about, it was, it was cloaked with this amazing majesty and all that people had, which meant that they had to lower their gazes in front of the Prophet ﷺ. The more mature spiritually you were, the more you were unable to look at the Prophet ﷺ. So Abu Bakr Umar, the great companions, the older companions, could not, you know, their description of the Prophet is that we could not get enough fill for our eyes of the Prophet ﷺ, so we looked down. And the only people, in fact, that could look at him, Sallallahu was the people, were the people that, that grew up with him when he was young, or the people that were young, just young people, young kids. You have like, you know, uh, Ibn Abbas radiallahu and Ibn Umar, younger people who were able to look and then have this bashfulness that older people have. And that's one of the things that you will find in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The names are, are placed on, on pegs, which are, are the, the basic constituent qualities of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi so when he's a prophet, that's a name. When he's, when he's a, a, a messenger, that's a name. When we talk of the fact that the Prophet is, is shahid, which is a witness upon us, which is established by the Quranic text, that's a name and description of, of the Prophet And these are all given by Allah. These are, um, you know, one of the things that we, we have as our faith is that the Prophet was chosen. One of the names is Mustafa. Mustafa. So when you understand he's Mustafa, that means somebody chose him. Who chose him? Hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if Allah chose him, Allah created him in the way that he wanted to create the final messenger. Mm-hmm. So it's even like Hassan bin Thabit. He says, you've been created free from every imperfection, almost as if you've been created in the way that you wanted to be created. Hmm. Like imagine you, you, before you were created, you, wanted, you had a... You have a list of what you want to have I wish Broad say. shoulders, height And you have to tick these off Hassan bin Thabit in the, in the presence of the Prophet Said this, these lines of poetry That more beautiful than you No mother has ever given birth mm-hmm. And you've been created in, With such perfect qualities That is as if you've been created the way you wanted to create yourself Now that means the Prophet Was created, chosen And when we reflect upon it All we're doing is reflecting on the beauty of God so what we're saying is, before we know names like Mubashir, Nadir, we need to know who Muhammad is and what Muhammad means. Because this is chosen by God. This is um, Muhammad. Chosen. Muhammad is chosen by God. Ahmad is chosen by Allah before our community. So these are names chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once you know that he's chosen, then you can say um, whatever you want about the Prophet in terms of Qualities of purity and, 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 and sanctity And once we start to create an image of the Prophet in our minds And this is what's amazing 1400 years of connection to the Prophet And not one picture Not one 
person ha- having the audacity to try and represent the Prophet in a pictorial form, and yet he lives alive in, in, in the hearts of over a billion people today. That is a testimony to the fact that what we understand the Prophet to be is not an idol. We don't understand the Prophet to be anything but a servant of God, but it's through his servanthood that in fact he reaches the highest heavens, he reaches the Sidrat al-Muntaha, he converses with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's given the beatific vision, all these things because he's a servant of God. And that is something that a lot of non-Muslims have, you know, have difficulty understanding because they think, they think Muhammad should be the center of our faith, he should be worshipped, almost adored, but in fact, what we do have is this amazing awe of the Prophet and, and, and respect to the Prophet but it's almost like you're adoring the quality of Allah that he creates, that he creates the most perfect human being. Because one of the things you're doing is actually reflecting over the fact that Allah has the power to create such a perfect, balanced human being that can live in such difficult times and yet pass the test of life in a way that he remains in the hearts of billions of people. SubhanAllah. So, I mean, this is, when you talk about the names, you're talking about describing that journey of, 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 of discovery of Muhammad Sallallahu um, and when you understand that, then you know that there's one, there's a one there's some there's a being that created Muhammad sallallahu and he is nothing but a servant of this being Allah subhanahu wa taala, and that then leads you to worship of God and wanting to have the same path the Prophet had, the same intimacy in worship, the same intimacy of conversation and du'a with Allah subhanahu wa taala, the same conviction in, tr- in truth and justice the Prophet had, they become things that you then want to have because you're jealous, in a good way. Of what these people had, and that in fact is you know jealousy is permitted in knowledge, it's permitted in in people that give cha- in charity, and it's we're jealous of the Prophet in a certain so way. Je- jealousy is permitted in knowledge. It's permitted to be jealous jealous of a person who has knowledge. It's permitted to be jealous of a person who has, and envious of a person that has um, wealth that they spend in the path of God. So I'm jealous of the Prophet I'm jealous of a person who is so close to God that we cannot even a- attempt to approach Allah in that way. We're jealous of the, the you know, that Hamza Yusuf has a, a fantastic poem, you should always, all read it, mm. about the Prophet and the fact that he's jealous of the, of the sand that touched his feet mm. and, and, the ear, and the wind that touched his cheeks because we didn't have that opportunity. Yep. So we're jealous of all, all these things that we missed out on. But what we can do is reflect upon these things. And Ramadan, with the Quran, reciting the Quran, Taraweeh, and listening to it, you also understand this was revealed upon a person hmm. that what we're reciting was was contained within the heart of the Prophet ﷺ, within one person who contained it, understood it as Ibn Taymiyyah says, there's nothing in the Quranic text that the Prophet did not know about hmm. including the Muqatti'at which are verses that, and in introductions to the ch- chapters that nobody knows about mm-hmm. which we have no knowledge of the Prophet was given that knowledge, he was given knowledge of every single aspect, if you understand the Prophet and what he was, then you'll start to understand what the Quran is For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.